section eighty two of egypt africa and arabia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume three egypt africa and arabia edited by eva march tappan section eighty two advancing upon the enemy nineteen o three to nineteen o four by gustav frensen before midnight we advanced toward the enemy it was said that our division would come upon them about morning the wit boys rode on ahead as spies then came our company one part was detached to ride at the side of the road in the bush the other part was to keep on riding in the road i was in the third platoon behind me in compact array came the artillery we marched as quietly as possible but still there were all sorts of noises snorting of horses jolting of wheels an impatient angry shout or a blow with a whip i was very cold in the saddle and in order not to have stiff fingers later when i had to shoot i laid the reins over my cartridge belt and put my hands in my pockets at last morning broke and delicate rosy stripes of light soon shot up toward the zenith the colors grew rapidly deeper brighter and stronger the red was glorious in its fullness and the blue beautiful in its purity the light mounted and extended itself ascending like a new world a thousand times more beautiful than the old one then came the sun big and clear looking like a great placid wide-open eye although like a good soldier i had all my thoughts fixed on what was before me on the enemy and the bad hours i should probably meet with yet i saw the splendour of the sky near me rode a fellow from hamburg a fresh quiet boy he said once to me you see one has to have experienced something or how shall one become a serious capable man that's why i came here he was to enter his father's business later he was writing just as i was his reins over his cartridge belt and his hands in his pockets he was frowning this morning and kept a sharp lookout before him diagonally behind me rode the former officer about this time of day according to the predictions of our scouts we ought to reach the enemy but they were not to be seen then i thought as did many others that again there would be no fighting and i was annoyed shortly after this however we heard the thunder of cannon coming from our right it got to be eight o'clock and nine the bush was so dense that the party sent into it could not advance they came out and marched together along the road the sun was steadily mounting it was getting to be a hot day it began to be warm riding and the horses were growing tired a little thin lieutenant with a drawn face and sharp eyes rode up alongside of me and said in a suppressed voice we aren't a mile and a half from the water-holes several times in the last few days he had made dangerous excursions into this region and he knew every bush then the first shot fell ahead 
with a quick swing we were out of our saddles and had thrown the reins over our horses necks those who were to hold the horses seized them our company was only ninety strong and as we left ten with the horses only eighty men went into the thick bush the enemy were firing vigorously and letting out short wild cries i saw one of our men wounded he stooped and examined a wound in his leg still i saw nothing of the enemy then just for a second i saw a piece of an arm in a greyish-brown cord coat and i shot at it then i lay down to spy out another target lively firing was being exchanged when one of us thought he had hit his mark he would announce it with a loud voice that one won't get up again i got him in the middle of the breast the third man at my right who was lying by a bush in front of me twitched convulsively a derisive voice on the other side shouted had enough dutchman my comrade said in a quiet voice i have a bullet in my shoulder and he crawled back on all fours i could hear through all our own shooting that we were getting fired upon from the left this fire now became heavier they were coming nearer in close ranks they came creeping and shouting and screaming two of my neighbors were not shouting any more we crawled back once or twice our length the enemy shouted look out dutchman look out and laughed wildly others shouted hurrah hurrah the bush was swarming with men i thought they would now break loose upon us in a wild storm and that it would be all up with us on account of our wounded men i was fearfully anxious lest we should have to retreat i was firmly resolved if the command should come to shout loudly take along the wounded but when i had just decided on this plan a subordinate officer came up with several men and cheered us on with the words hold your position i am sending aid soon afterwards i heard something slipping and grating behind me and a quiet soft voice said move a little to the side the nozzle of a machine-gun was pushed forward near my face and immediately began to crackle away the grape shot hissed furiously into the bushes rattling and whizzing how good it sounded how surely and quietly i shot did i hit did you see shoot man there there cannon too upon a slope behind us were now thundering over our heads then it grew a little more quiet on the other side and the command of forward double quick reached us we sprang up and plunged forward but a horrible volley of grape shot was poured against us and threw us back again in front of me an under officer had got a ball in the body and blood was streaming from the wound he was crouching and trying to stem the flow of blood with a handkerchief and was calling for help he was a light-complexioned fine-looking man just then the former officer the one who was under the official ban came up from the side seized the wounded man by the shoulders and dragged him back while balls were falling around him and the barrel of his gun was hit so that it flew rattling to one side he then quietly lay down in his place again on the other side in the bush they were shouting in wild zeal and shrieking for very rage we did not advance i don't know how long we lay there firing it was probably hours i wondered once why no officer was to be seen with us and i forgot it again 
sweat ran like water over my entire body not merely my tongue but my throat my whole body cried out for a swallow of cool water at one side a hospital aide was trying to bind a rubber bandage around the bleeding leg of a wounded man who begged him in south german dialect take me back a little can you then the aide dragged him back panting the fire from the other side was getting weaker a voice commanded us fire more slowly from the other side we heard it jeeringly mimicked fire more slowly a wounded man cried aloud for water we lay and waited our guns pointed word passed from mouth to mouth the captain is dead the first lieutenant too all the officers and almost all the under officers propping my gun in position i took my field flask with my left hand and swallowed the little draught i had saved up for the greatest emergency as i set the flask aside i thought that perhaps it would be my last drink and i thought of my parents i believed that the enemy would get breath and then make another assault but that did not happen a lieutenant who belonged to the staff came stooping along our ranks when he was behind me he knelt there touched my boot lightly and said go to the general and report that according to my reckoning we are about a half a mile distant from the last water-holes i got cautiously up on my knees and then ducking down ran back to the road near an ant-hill which was certainly three yards high a surgeon and a hospital aide were endeavouring to save a man from bleeding to death but i believe they came too late for he lay like dead on his dark red blanket then i saw the balloon not far in front of me and i ran across the clearing to it the long rows of oxen standing in harness in front of their wagons raised their open mouths and bellowed hoarsely for they scented the water-holes and panted for water the soldiers at the wagons and horses called to me with dry voices get ahead you fellows up forward are we coming to water soon are we going on they looked at me with deep dry eyes those who held the horses had a great deal of trouble with the thirsty creatures which were standing crowded together swarmed over and tortured by insects the sun scorched down a thick horribly dry dust-filled air lay over the whole camp the surgeons in white cloaks stood in front of the hospital wagon around a table on which some one was lying i wondered how many were lying in the shade of the wagon five or six of them were dead among them our captain a wounded officer i think it was a lieutenant was giving water with his well hand to the severely wounded his other arm was bleeding badly at the general's wagon a man was standing by the heliograph the general was near by with officers and orderlies around him all of them on foot i reported and heard some one say the animals can't hold out any longer and the men are simply dying of thirst the next moment just as i had turned to run to the front there came from behind from two or three directions wild shouting and volleys from the bush the outposts who were lying and kneeling on the ground all around moved in immediately the voice of an officer rang out sharp and clear disperse and charge in knots i ran and saw as i ran that a hailstorm of bullets was riddling the hospital wagon that the doctors were seizing their guns and that one of them was wounded i even heard one say we'll take off our white cloaks though then i lay down by a bush and shot at the enemy who with wild shouts continued their onset through the bushes secretaries orderlies drivers guard and officers all rushed forward lay down near one another and protected their skins 
the artillery turned while firing and shot away over us excited by my run and the sudden attack i began a violent rapid fire a voice near me said shoot more calmly i did fire more calmly thinking who said that and as i seized my cartridge belt and looked to the side there lay the general two men from me shooting coolly as becomes an old soldier the enemy were pressing on in close ranks through the bush shouting and firing but we lay quietly and shot well then it got more quiet the officers stood up and returned to the centre of the camp again immediately after that came the order that the whole camp should advance two hundred yards in running by i saw them lifting the dead and wounded into wagons then i ran forward again to my place in the line of defence now as i lay there i felt how very parched i was begging and complaining and teasing for water went through the ranks from behind we heard the hoarse lowing of the thirsty oxen i believe that at this time four in the afternoon there was not a drop of water in the whole camp except for the wounded then everything was moved to the front soldiers artillery and machine-guns a terrific fire rattled against the enemy who were growing weary then word passed from man to man we are going to charge now the battle-cry told i shall never forget it with fierce yells with distorted faces with dry and burning eyes we sprang to our feet and hurled ourselves forward the enemy leaped fired and dispersed with loud outcries we ran without interference shouting cursing and shooting to the good-sized clearing where the ardently desired water-holes were and across it to the farther edge where the bush began again the entire camp the heavy wagons with their long teams of oxen the hundreds of horses the hospital wagons with the surgeons the dead and the wounded the headquarters everything followed in a rush and encamped in the clearing but we lay around it at the edge of the bush to keep back the enemy who now here and now there would break through the thick bushes in wild loudly shouting parties behind us our men were now climbing down with army kettles into the water-holes which were ten yards deep and were filling buckets let down on reins and were beginning to water man and beast when about ten animals had had a little the hole was empty there were about ten or twelve holes at this place the sun went down some of us slipped out cut brush with our side arms and made a stockade in front of us the artillerymen set up the cannon and machine-guns behind us and knelt near them some of the soldiers were detailed to creep from man to man and give each a little water in the camp further back of us the restlessly crowding animals were being watered in the dark by the hospital wagons nurses were going about lanterns in their hands bending over each patient meanwhile the enemy kept up their firing which continually flashed out of the dark bush all around the camp not until about midnight did it become more quiet we passed a little zwieback from hand to hand then complete darkness settled upon us and the shooting at last ceased what plan had the enemy in mind here we lay in the dark night four hundred men worn out and half dead with thirst and in front of us and all around us a savage furious people numbering sixty thousand we knew and heard nothing of the other german divisions perhaps they had been slaughtered and the sixty thousand were now collecting themselves to fall upon us through the quiet night we heard in the distance the lowing of enormous herds of thirsty cattle and a dull confused sound like the movement of a whole people to the east there was a gigantic glow of fire i lay stretched at full length with my gun ready and cheered my utterly exhausted comrades to keep awake
thus morning gradually came on then some scouts went out cautiously and we learned to our great amazement that the enemy had withdrawn and indeed in wild flight we should have liked to follow them up but we had no news yet from the other divisions moreover both men and beasts had reached the limit of their strength so we rested on that day ate a little poor food and cleansed and repaired our guns and other equipment for we looked like people who had battered and bruised and soiled themselves in an attack of frenzy the madness still showed in our frowning brows and in our eyes our dead lay in the midst of us in the shade of a tree we had a great deal of trouble to keep our animals from dying we could not give them anywhere near enough water to satisfy them and we could not give them any fodder at all because the entire region had been eaten as bare by the enemy's cattle as if rats and mice had gnawed it clean the men and the animals had even grubbed into the earth in search of roots it was a miserable day the sun glared down and an odour of old manure filled the whole land to suffocation at noon there came at last some news from the other divisions two reported that they had beaten the enemy the third that it had saved itself with great difficulty and distress the enemy had fled to the east with their whole enormous mass women children and herds toward evening we buried our dead under the tree end of section eighty two this recording is in the public domain